Hi, I'm Ashley Allen. And I'm David Peachy. We're both at Gatehouse Chambers. Welcome to the latest in our interview series for LGBTQIA Plus Month 2022. Uh, during this month, we are interviewing people who work in the legal profession and who identify as LGBTQIA Plus. Um, today, we're joined by Stephen Barrett, who is a barrister at Radcliffe Chambers. Welcome, Stephen. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Thanks, David. Um, firstly, I just want to say how happy we are that we're able to collaborate with somebody from a different chamber. I think it's going to give us a really good perspective for the podcast series. Great to have you, Stephen. So first of all, before we get into um, the kind of specific um, History Month related questions, um, just tell us briefly about um, your practice. Your, so um, how long have you been at Radcliffe Chambers? And what area of law does Radcliffe do? What do you do? So I am a, I would style myself as a commercial chancery practitioner. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm mostly in the high court now. And I've been, I was called in 2003. Um, so I'm, I, I think that I'm, I'm becoming what's called a senior junior, which is one of those odd <laughs> phrases, odd, odd phrases that only the bar can, can possibly have. <laughs> Radcliffe is a, is, 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 is a chambers which is, has that chancery breadth because chancery law I mean I was always take the view that chancery law is just the law that everybody else finds really hard because it never made any sense that the minute that professional negligence came in it came to chancery that was why wasn't it with the normal negligence lawyers oh well it's a bit complicated so we thought you'd like it um and we do land and insolvency and company I started this morning in the Companies Act and I'm now in uh in Spencer Power on, on Estoppel and so a bit more about sort of you um, personally, you are, you're bi, is, yeah, bisexual. I am, yes, I'm bisexual, yep, yep, um, uh, and um, we, we've got a few questions now sort of relating to um, History Month, which um, we'd be interested to hear, interested to hear your perspective on, um, and so the, the first question is, um, there's a lot of talk about uh, identity um, these days, and some people uh, are saying that one identity, lots of people are saying that there are multiple facets to our identity. Um, who would you say you are? Well, I would just say that I grew up never really having met a gay person until I got to university. The only, the only things I knew um, as a child were Graham Norton and we had queer as folk just as I was sort of 16, 17. Mm. Um, but before that, I mean, it wasn't known, it wasn't, wasn't uh, spoken about at all. So I, I came out as gay initially because I just thought that that's what you did. Yeah, I got to university and I suddenly you know, found that I had uh, same-sex attraction and I just, I just went, well, right, well, I'm pretty sort of matter of fact, it's like, right, okay, gay then. Um, and it was only sort of some months later that I sort of noticed that I didn't, I wasn't, and I sort of then had to have a think and um, I chatted with a friend and she very sweet, sweetly just said, oh, well, you're special. Um, which was the, the category I was in for a little bit. But then I discovered that bisexuality is a thing and I've been there for sort of 20 years. So mm. I feel very fixed in that terminology. I have no really strong feelings about the other terminology stuff that's going on. It's just that's where I landed and where I've been for, for a, long, uh, a long time. Yeah. Great, thank you, Stephen. Um, how do you think um, being bisexual 
adds to your profession, I guess, um, if anything at all, if it adds anything. I think, so I'm quite, I'm quite, so what I say is that when you grow up in the 80s as I did, it, it's not easy to be, it wasn't easy to be different. And I think as a result, I knew that I was different and uh, I'm not sure everybody was always terribly kind to me um, for my difference. And my reaction was to pivot towards respectability. I mean, I was never going to be, to fit some sort of uh, heterosexual male stereotype of the, 19, of the 1980s. I, was, I had no interest in the sort of sport. And so I, I went to the library and I craved bookishness and order and being respectable. So I, I always, for many years actually, I clung to the idea that being what I am doesn't affect me as a professional at all. And I was sort of in that quite uh, firm camp. I've been persuaded that being visible will help others, which appeals to me uh, very deeply. And because uh, I don't want people to go through uh, some of the things that we all went through. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pro-visibility. I don't think it affects me as a lawyer in any way. I mean, I'm much more affected by the fact that I am uh, an equity lawyer who doesn't really like black letter law, who, who largely sees statutes as, as an intrusion into the common law that, that, that doesn't belong there and should, and should just go away and boil it down. Those are much more defining of me as a lawyer. I think as a human being, I have more compassion because of the difficult things that, that I went through. You know, I think it just does make you um, uh, it just raises your empathy levels and awareness of, of difference um, and being tolerant of other people who are different. There are, the, the, there is something that I think that, because uh, again, classic lawyer here, but there is something that, that links the idea of, 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 of the immutable characteristics. I call them the immutables. So for anybody who has one of these immutable characters, and we've all got them, but some of them are perceived negatively by society. And when you've got one of these immutables that's perceived negatively by society, you're basically sort of, you're in trouble because, oh dear, what are we going to do? And society's got a lot better at, at, at understanding people's differences and accepting them. And that is, that is fundamentally important. But to me, lots of the great wickedness in human society comes from people attacking people based on an immutable they can't change. Um, so always in sort of this field and in equality and diversity, I always, I've always gravitated towards, toward Dr. King and, and the idea that people should not be judged on immutable characteristics. They must be judged on, on, on what they can be and who they can be. And, and their, what he called it, the content of their, of their character. He also spoke incredibly well. I'm, I'm a massive fan of brilliant orators. Um, so uh, also a fan of him there, but, um, but yes, I think that, wafflingly answers your question. I don't think it impacts me as a lawyer. I don't think it affects me as a litigant. Um, and I think, I think we're all, we're all so, there, there are so many of us that we're also diverse within the community. And that's just, you know, it would be mad to sort of say, say anything else. So I, I, I think it has soft impacts on how I deal with people. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's an interesting point, you know, like even within, um, any particular immutable, as you say, as the people who have a particular immutable characteristic, there's a huge amount of diversity even within that. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting, um, a, a, a good point that I think. Um, and you, you talked about um, Dr. King, Is, are, there, um, are there any um, historic LGBTQIA uh, plus people who inspire you? Well, I, I mean, I would have to, I, I have to say Lord, 
the Lord's Edison, um, because when he he was for many years sort of the only openly um, gay judge, and that was hugely and he's and he's incredibly clever and yeah. he's and he's incredibly respectable. I mean that and that sort of appeals to both of my sort of interests because I do I'm very interested in the law and he's very interested in the law and he's he's brilliant at it. Um, but he also has that, he's deeply respectable, you know, married and settled and just, it, it was such a, a benefit to, 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 to me and sort of the way that I did it. I mean, I, I don't want to judge sort of anybody else, but the, that is the way that I went because I had this immutable characteristic, which was being negatively judged. I sort of went, well, then I have to be whiter, whiter than white. You know, it's, um, uh, it's a bit like, uh, and, it, and there is a, there's a problem with being bisexual as well. Is that you, you sort of, there is a sort of, there's a question about it. So I've always made it very clear, firstly, you know, to, 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 to partners that that's what I am, but also that I am monogamous and I feel a very deep duty to be monogamous. I think, I think people I just think it feels like something we ought to be very clearly good at because it's about for me. It's about respectability, and and um, Lord, Lord Everton was just such such a force to calm everything down. There is another judge who I who I suspected, but who never came out, and that helped a little bit. But it was really his just being open out, hardly ever it being a thing. It's not really a thing about his character. His his character is about how fantastic a judge he is, how incredibly clever he is, you know, and it, that was the, was the breakthrough for me, I think, and that's why LGBTQI History Month yeah. lawyer, I mean, that's, that's who, and he, and he is a role model, he's an absolute role model, I mean, he's in the House of Lords, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, that goes back to what, what you were saying, sort of two things you were saying, one is that, you know, who you are, your identity, um, in terms of being bi, doesn't necessarily directly affect kind of your professional practice, but then also it is, that doesn't mean it's not important to have visibility for, for, for other people who are sort of following um, in, in our footsteps. So yeah, that's a, 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 an exact example of, of that and the effect that it can have, um, having a, a, somebody to, to look towards and, um, and um, to a certain extent perhaps identify with in, in, in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I gave, because the bar, I think, because I do a lot of mentoring, I've mentored for 10 years for a variety of charities and organisations, and I run a social mobility a charity called um, BVL, um, and I've dealt with a lot of young people, and I'm a very conscious, I think it's probably in every profession, and I think it's perfectly normal and even, even maybe healthy part of being a, a young person, but at the bar there is a great force to sort of conform and to be what people think a barrister ought to be. And for me, you know, bringing in that element of visibility so that it shows that what a barrister ought to be includes people who, who, who have these immutable characteristics. We are, we are not excluded from this world. It's not, not unbarristery to, to, to be what we are, because it would be, I mean, that would put us into terrible torments. That would, that would, that's the wrong, that's the wickedness that people do with immutables, is that they make people think that there's something flawed about their immutable. That's the one to fight. So that's why I'm happy to be more 
uh, visible. I mean, it's it's funny because I before COVID, I was I craved respectability to such an extent that, I mean, my pre-COVID self would hate how I look on this um, on this Zoom call because I I only stuck with uh, long hair because of, because of COVID, and I've only you know barely shaved because because of COVID, um, and and not having a tie and things like this. But um, it's taken me a long time to to learn how to rebel. Um, <laughs> well, let's do it. If, it, if it's any comfort, it's only, this is going out as an audio podcast only, so. Uh, right. <laughs> 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 so you can tell everybody that you look absolutely yeah. fantastic. <laughs> that, that is that is great comfort. I mean, it, the thing about the long hair really is that I just I needed a very a cost-effective midlife crisis. You know, I, I, I've got, there's never been a Porsche. <laughs> yeah, there's no there was no way I was getting this in the car. That wasn't. Okay. Um, thank you. Uh, next question: um, What does LGBTQIA plus history month mean to you? I think we've kind of already touched on this, but. Uh, what does it mean personally to you? I think it is again about the respectability and the visibility. Um, yeah. And I think we should uh, acknowledge, you know, the, the the pioneers from the past, from the from from the bad times. Um, I mean, I can't. I I always say because I funny lawyer point, but I don't think I could swear on oath that I that I watched uh, It's a Sin because I cried so much. That I'm not sure that I actually saw what was on the screen. <laughs> hey, and it, it's right that we recognise that yeah. pain and the other pains that that, that uh, occurred. So it, it's about partly restitution for, for that. Although I don't really believe in, in 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 that sort of concept, and I think you can push that far too far. It's it's more about just the visibility and making sure that the generations who follow after us don't have any of that. And that's very important for me. That this is just this is just over. I don't want any points ever at which, you know, the law or it's not possible for a judge to come out or just never. Just never, we're not going back. I'm I'm great fan of Thirty Rock and Liz Lemon's just you know shut it down. Just we're, we're shutting this prejudice down. It's just, it's just <laughs> over. <laughs> um, and uh, this is this is uh, the fiftieth year this year of or will be fiftieth year of Pride. Um, the it's, it's it's interesting like what you're talking about the direction of travel in terms of um, uh, tolerance and, um, and and prejudice as against each other. Um, and and the theme this year of Pride is the arc is long, referencing actually um, Martin Luther King who. Um, uh, you mentioned earlier, who who said, you know, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Um, does that resonate for you? And if so, why? Yes, and I think that broadly, you have to see humanity as moving towards greater tolerance, if only to remain sane um, as you as you live through your your life. I mean, there's nothing. I have to say, there's nothing worse than me than finding out the pride is fifty years old. It makes me feel very old. <laughs> Um, this, this is not. This is not good. You mean I'm not still in my twenties? But um, how, did, how did that happen? Time shouldn't pass in libraries. If time, if time didn't pass in libraries, I'd still be youthful. But um, uh, the, it, I do see it as, a, as an inevitability that, that humans get better towards each other. And I, I don't. I don't even think it's on that small time scale. I think it's. I think if you look at thousand year chunks of history that's what happens i mean we have missteps you know we'll make two steps forward and one step back that's what humans do but you know from from everything down to the dawn of civilization and 
after Bronze Age collapse, you get, you know, the rise of uh, Confucius and, and, and all the religions and, and tolerance becoming a message. And it, it, I think we have been getting better and I think we will continue to get better. So Dr. King, I think, was tapping into something very powerful there. It does require work because there are there is that one step back. Um, and it's very important that we, we all do that. But certainly in this country, I'm, I'm very happy that that is that is there. I mean, I think, uh, and I, you know, coming from a, a relatively small community, I'm just very grateful for the majority, that the majority community, if you like, gets that and is there and is and is marvelous and tolerant and 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 I don't feel in any way judged um, by um, by society at large. I feel accepted by society at large, for which I am I am uh, very grateful. Um, uh, the only thing. Yes, and the only thing I'd point out about bisexuals is that we we have the worst flag, and that, I don't know if there's if there could be a social justice in getting us a better flag. It's just <laughs> awful. It's really maybe bad. That, maybe that's the next stage in the arc. It could. It could. But as you, as you see, as the as the arc moves, the, the fundamentals get smaller and smaller, and the issues get smaller and smaller. And that's that's right too. And that that's what happens in the law. You know, as a, you know, nobody argues about whether or not we have a law of murder. You know, that's, that's pretty settled now. We settled yes. that some time yeah. ago. You know, what, what we really need to know about is whether, you know, whether entire agreement clauses work in, in, in contracts and whether, whether you can get an equitable remedy round one, mm -hmm. uh, contrary to what the Supreme Court's there, which is what that's what we're trying to do. Um, but it, it's, it's that sort of piecemeal approach. And that's what the common law does. That's, that's what we're all part of. So it's a very natural process, I think, for us. And I think the stability of our, that our country's had relatively for 800 years um has has allowed that so yes i think the occupancy is long and i think it does i do th think it does bend to more what i would just call goodness because i'm not as good an archer as dr king was um but i try i try my best in the courts but judges are not persuaded by poetry, <laughs> which is why you know i can i can mumble and stutter it's all they care about is what is your argument <laughs> Well, this particular audience, I think, um, is impressed with uh, the the um, your oratory today. So, um, so thank you very much, uh, Stephen, uh, for for joining us. That's very kind. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, thank you, and thank you to everyone for listening. Thanks again to Stephen Bauer of Radcliffe Chambers for joining us with insight and what it's like to be bisexual at the bar. And uh, check out our other interviews for LGBTQIA plus History Month. So um, all of our podcasts are available on our website at gatehouselaw.co.uk and also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Thank you very much, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you. Gatehouse Chambers is a barrister's chambers which specialises in legal advice and advocacy in the areas of clinical negligence and personal injury, commercial dispute resolution, construction, insolvency, insurance, private client, professional liability and property. This recording is provided free of charge for information purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. No responsibility for the accuracy and or correctness of the information and commentary or for any consequences of relying on it is assumed or accepted by any member of Gatehouse Chambers or by Gatehouse Chambers as a whole.